we've been talking about love on Friday nights, uh, specifically looking at how Jesus loves others and aiming to imitate him as his people. And our theme verse is, comes from Jesus' exhortation, John 13, 34. He says, as I have loved you, so you must also love one another. And we've explored a number of ways that Jesus calls us to do that with our eyes, with our hands, with our feet, our mouth, our shoulders, and so on. And our prayer has been, and it continues to be that, you know, God strengthen us by your spirit, strengthen us by your grace to love others well. But what about when we fail, right? What about when we fail to love our neighbor as ourselves, uh, which we will inevitably do, which we have done many times and we will continue to do. And this brings us to our title tonight here. I've got a title. It's long, but it's memorable. What is a, I think, yeah, there's a, there's a slide for it, Sam, right? What is a God-honoring response when, not if, but when you fail to love your neighbor well, okay? Um, so our biblical text tonight that highlights this very thing is in Acts 6, verses 1 through 7, and it's an account that records an episode when the early Christians in Jerusalem, you know, this is just, just, just a little bit of time after Jesus died and rose again and ascended to the Father, the early Christians in Jerusalem, they fail to love each other well. Um, and we also see how they respond to that clear failure. So let's hear this account, let's hear it unfold, and let's pay attention to how these two groups of people respond to the breakdown in love. And Kevin Kim, I'll ask you to unmute yourself and go ahead and read. And Sam, you can just flip to the next slide. And Kevin will read our scripture passage for us tonight. Thank you, Kevin. During this time, as the disciples were increasing in numbers by leaps and bounds, hard feelings developed among the Greek-speaking believers, or Hellenists, toward the Hebrew-speaking believers because their widows were being discriminated against in the daily food lines. So the twelve called a meeting of the disciples. They, the twelve apostles, said, it wouldn't be right for us to abandon our responsibilities for preaching and teaching the word of God to help with the care of the poor. So, friends, choose seven men from among you whom everyone trusts, men, of, men full of the Holy Spirit and good sense, and we'll assign them this task. Meanwhile, we'll stick to our assigned tasks of prayer and speaking God's word. The congregation thought this was a great idea. They went ahead and chose. Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, a convert from Antioch. Then they presented them to the apostles, praying the apostles laid their hands on them and commissioned them for their task. The word of God prospered. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased dramatically not least, a great many priests submitted themselves for, to the faith. Thank you, Kevin. So notice, right, it's, it's, it's a pretty straightforward, clear story from the early church. Um, notice people who know and love Jesus, they fail to love their neighbors well, like the neighbors immediately around them. There's one group of people, th these are the Hebrew-speaking believers, 
they discriminate against. I mean, other translations put it as they neglect, they overlook, um, they treat unfairly, they, another group of people, right? They give preference to their own people at the harmful exclusion of others. And the other group mentioned in the, in the account, these are the Greek speaking believers, right? They complain, um, they voice their grievance. And they're being victor, victims of discrimination or bias, but, but they're relatively helpless to do anything about it other than to verbally protest because they're not in positions of power. And so there it all is, right? That's Acts 6. This, these are the, this is the record of the early church. It's, it's the dirty laundry of the early church, and it's right there recorded in God's word for us. And you know, why is that there? Well, it's because the church is full of human beings human beings who sometimes sin instead of loving others as they should. Um, these are people who are sinners in need of the savior that they're proclaiming um, to the people and to the nations around them. And you know what? Um, this is who we are too, right? This is why we need this text because it guides us and it shows us, okay, when we fail to love, what is a God honoring response when, again, not if, we fail to love our neighbor well, okay? So I want to consider, just very briefly consider four responses that you see highlighted in this account um, from Acts 6, because it's, they're, they're really instructive for us as well, okay? So here we go. Number one, listen and don't dismiss. So when the Greek-speaking believers complained that they were being discriminated against, the Hebrew-speaking believers genuinely listened. You know, when they were criticized of discrimination and prejudice, in humility, they accepted and embraced that correction. The easy thing to do would have been, you know, if you're in the position of privilege, is to just dismiss somebody who complains. Like, come on, it can't be as bad as you say. You must be overreacting. But instead, they did not do that. They genuinely listened. Okay, that's number one. Number two, response, admit and don't justify. The Hebrew-speaking believers, they admitted they were discriminating against the other group. I mean, you see that they admitted it because they actually did something about it. Uh, they confessed their failure. I know it's not explicitly there in the text, but it's implicitly there. They owned up to it. You know, they didn't take the easy way out and justify like why it all happened, right? Like, you know, like the 12 apostles might've said something like, look, we're so focused and we're so busy with other things, things like preaching the gospel and that's taking all of our time and attention. So we just can't do everything and you shouldn't expect us to do everything either. You're putting too much of a burden on us. No, they listened, they admitted it. And then eventually they acted, but they, they embraced their failure and they admitted it and confessed it. And then number three, they acted, they weren't passive. So act, don't remain passive. So after listening and admitting the Hebrew speaking believers acted, they didn't let the problem linger. They didn't postpone a potential solution to a more convenient time. They stepped forward in faith and they did something. And in this instance, their act was to, you know, to, to get the uh, the Greek speaking believers to identify seven leaders that were Greek speaking also. So people like themselves and these leaders, they were leaders in their own right. 
And then the apostles gave them real authority in order to bring real change to the situation, right? It, it, it's not a picture of tokenism, right? Like, like, let's appear that we're doing something to bring about a change. No, it was real action. Real leaders were identified. These leaders understood what it was like to be discriminated against. And then those leaders were given real authority to make a real difference, all right? So there was action, not passivity. And then finally, number four, the fourth response, forgive and don't cancel. I love the half verse that says, the congregation thought this was a great idea. <laughs> because embedded in that, it's the whole congregation, right? It's the victims, it's the, it's the Greek-speaking believers, the victims of the, of the discrimination, and it's the oppressors. And it's the whole congregation, they think it's a great idea, and they're united in spirit, and they're united in their hearts. This, they say together, is a great idea. The group of people who were wronged, the Greek-speaking believers, they exercise, exercise real forgiveness. They could have gone down the road of like, you know, what, what is very common today of canceling the other group and saying as they walk away from the other group, you know, you really blew it. You did not love us well, and now we will never listen to you again. We will never trust you again. Our relationship is over forever. You know, you're canceled. But instead, they extended grace. They extended reconciliation. And then they joined hand in hand in messy but beautiful fellowship. When discriminated against, they complained. They insisted that God's truth and God's justice would be lived out in this situation but they didn't cancel and heap shame on their oppressors. Instead, they heaped forgiveness and grace. So those are the four ways that these Christians responded when there was a hurtful, thoughtless, selfish failure to love, right? And, you know, in case you were just tracking, it does spell laugh, like L-A-A-F. That's kind of an easy thing to remember. So listen, admit, act, forgive, right? And I think the pinnacle of the whole story comes at the end. And it's a beautiful thing. What happens when they go through this process and they go through this process in a way that inevitably honors God? No doubt this was an emotional process and, and just and a relationally challenging process for them to go through. Like we went through it in seven verses. I don't think it took them like two or three minutes to work this out. But what happens after they work it out in the way that they did, God blesses them. It's, you know, the, the text ends with the word of God prospered and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased dramatically. It's a beautiful pinnacle to the text. And of course, you and I, we're going to fail to love others well, our family, our friends, roommates, coworkers fellow community members, fellow citizens, we will fail to love our neighbor as God calls us to. That will happen. But when that happens, and we're humbled by that, saddened by that reality, the question before you, the question before me is, how will we respond? God will always be pleased. God will always bless if our response includes listening, admitting, acting, forgiving. So now my part 
and bringing us act six and setting the stage. My part is through, and you might be saying to yourself, that's gotta be one of the shortest PCF messages in history. And (laughs) to some extent you're right, but that is only part one. There's a part two to our message tonight. And so for part two, that's right, never fear. For part two, the PCF staff, we're, we're going to put act six in practice. This is great, right? We're not gonna just talk about act six. We're gonna put it into practice tonight. The staff, we're going to share how God has grown us in our awareness of these things. You know, our awareness to genuinely listen to others, to admit our failures, to love others, to act and not be passive. And finally, how grace and forgiveness must always be present in order for us to grow in the ways that God wants us to grow. And the staff, we're going to specifically apply these things in the direction of race and, and how we're learning in very practical ways to love our neighbor as ourselves, particularly when that neighbor has a different life experience than ourselves or, or a def- different ethnic background than our own. Okay, so I, I wanna pass things over to, into the very capable hands of Bernea and Debbie, uh, who are going to lead us in a panel discussion on this, this really practical, um, important topic.